Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am at Williamson NFL. We have another guest today. I told you we're going to start bringing in some of the folks from around the Locked On Network. My man James Rapine is the Locked On Bengals host. James, how are you? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you? I am terrific. I, uh... Actually, I want to tell my listeners, and I guess this affects you slightly, that I just got word that I'm going to be hosting a daily Steelers broadcast from 4.30 uh-huh. to 6 here locally down at the, at the Steeler facility, four days a week. So that's another of the many things I've been doing. So we'll be talking Bengals, I'm sure, a fair amount and a lot of AFC North talk. So what's the uh, the latest topics in Bengal land right now? I, I mean, it's it's no doubt the whole Vontez perfect suspension. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, he's been suspended for five games for a hit that uh, took place in week two of the preseason. And the Bengals are sticking by perfect. And his appeal was today. Uh, he had that via phone. So we're just kind of waiting uh, to, to see how that shakes out. So what was your opinion on the hit? Did, was it deserving? I thought that it was it might not have been necessary. I don't know if he necessarily needed to hit the a Kansas City Chiefs fullback as hard as he did, but I don't know if it was dirty. And in mm-hmm. I've, I've looked at it from a variety of angles. It was a, a shoulder to a shoulder to me. And in the past, I've I've ripped Vontez, so this isn't Cincinnati Homer guy just uh, backing a, a Bengals player uh, because he's been dirty multiple times in his career, and, and there's a reason he's been fine like he has. But in this case. I think he deserve, or maybe doesn't deserve the benefit of the doubt, but I think if it was any other player, they would get the, the benefit of the doubt. But because it's perfect, he's going to get penalized and obviously now faces a five-game suspension. Yeah, I mean, this isn't Steelers' bias to kind of be the opposite of Bengals' bias, but he's basically enemy number one in Pittsburgh. And, <laughs> I bet, yeah. You know, I mean, and yeah. to try to be, uh, you know, to, to take the my biases out of it, I do think he's the dirtiest player in the league, to be very honest. And sure. I often mention here on local radio, you guys don't have a lot of room to throw stones, Steelers fans. You know, we've cheered for a lot of borderline, uh, over-the-edge, dirty dudes over the years. But I do think he's top of the list right now in the league. And as people around here have found out, that once you get a reputation, an earned reputation, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt, kind of like you talked about. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thing you, you mentioned. And this is an example. You remember when James Harrison was considered right. one of the dirtiest players in football? Or by the time Heinz he got Ward here, wide receivers go. And, you yeah, know, sure. Yeah, yeah, by the time Harrison got here in Cincinnati, no one even considered him dirty because he had changed that that reputation. And and, and that is up to Vontez and up to the Bengals to avoid these situations, but. Now you see it on SportsCenter, and it's making national headlines. What Marvin said today, which is basically defended Vontez, and I don't know if he gets past this reputation the way Harrison was able to. It just seems like it follows him around every single season, once you know, once every six or seven weeks. 
to stick with that theme before we really get into the team, um, you know, the Bengals take Joe Mixon in the second round, and everyone knows mm-hmm. what he did in his history. And I'm doing draft coverage for the Steelers at the time. And, of course, all the announcers and all the call-ins are, oh, of course he went to the Bengals. They're a bunch of criminals. You know, nobody else would take him. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm one of the few people around here. I'm like, easy. I mean, you look at the Bengals. It's not uh, an asylum. I mean, even like Perfect, he's not in trouble off the field. Um, not at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Pac-Man Jones certainly has a history. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But... I don't know that they're much worse than the average team in terms of taking character risks. I mean, they're certainly not as bad as Dallas. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. And I think it is when people nationally or the average NFL fan thinks of the Bengals, they, they do think of Adam Jones. Sure. And then I think they think of uh, Vontez Perfect and they, they see the dirty play on the field. And then you see terms like thug and, and stuff like that. But you're right. He hasn't gotten in trouble off the field here locally. We, we're in the locker room every week. It's A.J. Green. It's Andy Dalton. It, right. it, it, it's players like that. Those are the guys that might not have the, the star power nationally, but those are the leaders of the locker room, that the guys that you kind of, when you think of the Bengals here locally, that, think of. And, and so to me, yeah, I, I get the national reaction to Joe Mixon. Oh, man, what's he going to do in a, in a locker room with Adam Jones? But he's also in a locker room with Andy Dalton and A.J. Green and established stars that have, have certainly carved out a, a being good guys on and off the field. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, that's a great way of, of looking at it. I, I want to take, James, I want to take a pause for the cause here real quick. We are brought to you by my bookie, and they're kind of new to the Locked On Network. We're thrilled to have them on board. It's a perfect fit with us because, I mean, pretty much, you know, ever since I started this podcast, Many of you guys are asking me, you know, who do you got this week? Um, Steelers or Bengals? Or who should I start in my fantasy league? This guy or this dude? Or So they're always asking all these questions. Well, I mean, let me tell you this. Where, when you're betting, it's just as important as to, you know, where you're betting as to who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell you guys now, go to mybookie.ag. My bookie has been in this business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do a 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing, which that's what you really got to be paying attention here for. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, it's just two business days. So you know who's gonna, you know you're going to win, lay down some cash, and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. They win, you pay, or you win, they pay, other way around. They have in-game live betting, which I think is awesome. You know, if you, you know your team really well, if you know your Bengals team really well, and you're watching that first quarter and you're like, man, they don't have it today, and it's still 0-0, you go put a bet in and bet against them, or vice versa. Um, they have the most rewarding player perks in the business and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. So here's what you do. You join now, and my bookie will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. Guys, that's free money. I mean, that's the best deal in town. You have to use my promo code, though, L-O-N-F-L, as in Locked On NFL. That activates the offer. So visit mybookie.ag today, and they will match your deposit up to 100% bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. So that's what's going on with my bookie, and let's get back to the Bengals. All right, I'm going to harp on the negative here. And then we'll get to many positives on the offensive side of the ball. But (laughs) this offensive line, to me, is unexcusable. Um, just their method of attacking it. 
to let Whitworth and Zeitler go. And I know that people will say, well, they drafted their top two picks were, you know, both offensive linemen. But, dude, that was three drafts ago. I mean, that's where my problem lies here is not that they let those two go, but if they knew from day one they were going to let two of their, their best two offensive linemen go, then you got to do more than draft two years ago your first two picks offensive linemen. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. And there, that's why it was so devastating. We knew Kevin Zeitler was gone. Like it was just a foregone conclusion. Sure. But it seemed like they were going to do whatever it took to keep Andrew Whitworth here. And then they let him hit free agency. And then he left. <laughs> and that's that's the risk is they let a guy like that, a, a team leader like that leave. And honestly, for everything that was made about the offensive line struggles last year and, and even going into this year, I think it's going to come down to just one guy. And, and it's Cedric Abwehi, and he's a, a former first-round pick in 2015, played right tackle last year, started, lost his job midway through the year to Eric Winston at times, was awful. I mean, Cedric Abwehi was just awful last season. This year he's been a little bit better, uh, and he moved to, to left tackle, but he's certainly no Andrew Whitworth. And what they're having to do, Matt, is chip and help him, and that's not what you envision when you pick the guy in the first round. So – you don't want Tyler Eifert doing that, you know. I mean, no, right? Heck no. And and that's the thing is you're sending help to to help a, a first round lineman. So it definitely feels like the word bust hasn't been used yet. Feels like he's a bust. It feels like he might be a role player this year. Might might be the starter at left tackle simply because they don't have anybody else. And then that might be it. They might have to draft someone or sign a free agent, which would sound silly considering they could have just kept Whitworth and spent money on him. Sure, and I, I understand he's up in age, but boy, he's been a fixer for a long time. And even the last couple off-seasons, I've been critical of the Bengals at the center position. Because even when their mm-hmm. line was good, I thought they're, boy, they're a center away from it being great. And they've just kind of coasted on that. You're right. I, and, and it's funny, last year, going into the, the 2016 season, that was the talk here in Cincinnati. was, man, if they just had someone not named Russell Bodine playing center, Sure. Then they would be amazing on the offensive line. And instead, now he's their second best offensive lineman heading into this year, at least on paper. So that that's Says why a lot. It's, yeah. it's, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, he, he went from the liability going into last year to the, the second most experienced and, and potentially the, the second best lineman. So you're right. This line, it, it's it's funny. I think and I talked about this after the draft, if they would have kept Andrew Whitworth around. Would people look at them completely different? Because I would then look at them a lot all, differently. Yeah, and that's the thing. They're one guy, let's say twelve million dollars away from people saying, "Wow, the Bengals have all these weapons—a veteran quarterback in his prime, AJ Green, a solid line with a few question marks—but they still have Andrew Whitworth, who's who's going to be good. They have a shot. And instead, it's well, can that line hold up? And right, if it can, then maybe they have a shot. But uh, with Whitworth, you'd say, oh, well, they do have a shot. So it's a big difference. I want to talk about those weapons in a minute because I think they rival just about anyone in the leagues now. I mean, it, they're loaded. And I'm going to say only good things about all those skill position guys. However, a, a parallel I've been using all offseason is the Bengals and the Giants, where they have an experienced, smart quarterback, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. You know, they're not, they're somewhat mm-hmm. limited players, different stages of their career, but Eli was rough last year. And they both took the same approach to the offseason of, 
yeah, our line's a big problem, but we'll just keep adding weapons. And, you know, my original thought are, hey, these guys know more about football than I do. They're going to say, you know, we're going to diagnose things pre-snap, put it on Andy's head and Eli's head, and get the ball out quick. Almost a Texas Tech spread type of environment where mm-hmm. pre-snap, I'm going to see, boy, John Ross is alone on a rookie quarterback corner. I'm going there. Or, boy, they got a linebacker on Evan Ingram or Eifert. I'm going there. And that can alleviate some of these offensive line woes. So I think it's a real case study to see how they both work. But in the end, I want blockers. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is is now you're almost get, having a, a gimmicky style offense. You're limiting mm-hmm. what your quarterback can do, limiting what your weapons can do, basically to, to cover up an offensive line because you whiffed in the draft on your first round pick. I don't want to say that about Jake Fisher, their second rounder from a couple years ago, because I think he's going to end up being pretty good. But th- that's ultimately what you're looking at. So it, it's it keeps coming back to that is, is now you put pressure on a second year offensive coordinator to build a system that works with an offensive line that's going to be below average, expected to be below average. And and ultimately, you just have to wonder what the heck they were thinking. I mean, if if this happened in Pittsburgh and you picked back to back any type of position and one ended up just being awful and the other one just ended up being okay. It it would set you back some and they would get ripped for it. And I I think the Bengals do deserve some criticism because there's just no reason to pick two tackles, not play them right away. And then uh, you you end up with a bust. Like it's just, it's like the worst case scenario because they invested high picks on guys and at best they're going to get a serviceable tackle in Jake Fisher out of the deal. And it's, it's definitely set them back some. And ultimately, Matt, it could cost them the Andy Dalton era. It, it could. Because it, right. it, it could, like, looking back, like, oh, well, man, they had Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, and they didn't win a playoff game. Or they didn't make an AFC championship. Mm-hmm. Or they didn't make a Super Bowl run. If you could put a, a great offensive line in front of Andy Dalton, I mean, the Falcons did it last year with Matt Ryan. I think Matt Ryan's a little better than Andy, but I think they're comparable. And uh, they paid Alex Mack. They went out and got a lineman to help that line. And, and the Bengals let one go this offseason. A really, well, two really good ones. So it's, uh, it, it's baffling. It, it, and, I, and I think we're going to look back and say, man, what could have been. Yeah. And you had a good point, too, is, well, you draft those two, but you haven't gotten anything from them in the meantime either. You know, <laughs> you had it with this day in, in mind, but. Boy, wouldn't a safety have been helpful, or you know? In the in the meantime, you you ignored other spots to get them, and I certainly understand the allure to add a ridiculously fast player. And I think AJ Green, contrary to popular belief, is coming off his best season as a pro. I mean, I think he's a total stud. I'm a giant Eifert believer. When guys like LaFell and Boyd now fall down the pecking order you're really set up well to have an elite group of pass catchers, not to mention Mixon and Geo's ability. And I understand that Orlando Pace wasn't sitting there when they took Ross. But even as fast as he is, if you can't protect the go deep, he's kind of not so valuable. Yeah, and that's that's the scary part, is if Andy Dalton only has two seconds to throw it, Ross is really fast. But he's not going to throw a 50-yard ball to Ross in under two seconds because of the way he's not blocking the, the end or, you know, Miles Garrett coming around the, the corner uh, tackling him. So th- that's that's the worry 
now. I, I, I do, I do get that. I, I think that ultimately it just comes back to, it wasn't a great offensive line draft, right? Which is exactly why you invest in a veteran like Whitworth tag him if you need to, right? You needed, you needed to keep him around. It wasn't and, a secret. It was a bad O-line draft. Yeah. It, and that's the thing is, is everyone sees that deal he got in LA and it's, Oh, three years. Well, it's, it's really not three. They have an out after two, and I think they can get out essentially after one. There's a little bit of guaranteed money next year. It wasn't that ridiculous. I mean, I, I would pay Andrew Whitworth $12 million for the next two years to block for Andy Dalton, and in the meantime, you can find a replacement that mm-hmm. isn't named Cedric Abwehi. So it, th- that's the thing is, yeah, you invest the ninth pick in John Ross, who I love. I love that they did that, but it all it keeps coming back to the line in the question marks uh, up front. And that's something the Bengals, honestly, they're probably going to deal with it all season. Yeah. I mean, as, as great as Ross can make an impact, well, he's probably going to see a lot more press man coverage and getting beat up at the line of scrimmage because the, the, the protection isn't going to hold up. Um, if you have any other notes on the receivers, uh, um, please don't hold back. Um, I do think they're an elite group and I, I, I think AJ Green's in for another gigantic season as long as Eifert stays healthy. I really think that offense is two different offenses with and with I, without Eifert. But I wanted to move to the backfield a little bit more and I know what Mixon did and that's not my job to analyze him as a human being, but as a player, I think he is unbelievable. I, I don't yeah. think he's far from David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell territory. And if you're going to tell me Jeremy Hill plays against him, I'm jumping off a bridge. <laughs> uh, early on, I, I, I'll put it like this. I think Jeremy Hill gets the first carry of the year. Um, Which is still but, concerning. It, it, a little bit. It, <laughs> it, 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 what's concerning is, is is how much faith they have in Jeremy Hill. And, and they say he was injured last year, and that's a big reason why he was so ineffective. I will say this. It, it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to tell that Joe Mixon's better. And I bet Jeremy Hill knows Joe Mixon's better, and Giovanni Bernard knows Joe Mixon's better. He's just—I think he's going to be a star. The, the the way he carries the ball, the way he can split out, you can motion him out, and he's 230 pounds. He's faster than Gio, just as elusive almost, and he's bigger than Jeremy Hill. I mean, he's he's got the complete package. And uh, honestly, I would start him. I'm not a football coach. They know more than I do, uh, obviously. But uh, he's a big reason why I think this team, even with the offensive line issues, could make a playoff run. Is because Andy Dalton's never had a running back like Joe Mixon. He could do it all. Giovanni Bernard becomes a compliment, and that's a heck of a compliment to have. So I I think they're going to have to lean on the run game this year more so than before. And they have a guy that can do it and is certainly, I think, built and ready to, to handle the load. So. The, the sky's the limit for Joe Mixon as long as he can keep his head on straight off the field, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a total star. And uh, much like yourself, there's a lot of other stars on the Locked On Network. I urge all of you out there listening to check that out. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk defense. All right. First of all, what is your uh, Twitter account? I forgot to ask you about that before, James. Ah, it's uh, at James Erpine. So that's easy. <laughs> I think they can handle that. All right. Uh, there's a lot to discuss with this defense. And Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You are a mighty fortress of supreme knowledge. Progressive Direct has not only revealed their rates, but those of their competitors. If you were any more in the know, you would be drowning in, you know, the know. 
Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates because knowledge is power. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I like it. I think it's middle of the road. I've always said Geno Atkins is the straw that stirs the drink. He's a special player. But I have more. I have concerns on this side of the ball too. I mean, we're we're facing safety injuries. You know, I'm pretty excited about the corner group, and and they get an extra first round pick this year in, in William Jackson returning. Perfect suspension looms big. Um, I like some of these young pass rushers they drafted, and overall, I think Cincinnati had a great draft, even though they didn't get a guard or a center. Or you know, I mean, that would have been nice too. <laughs> but give me your thoughts on the defense front to back. I, I think they're certainly more athletic. They're they're younger, they're faster. Mm-hmm. Um, Vontez Perfect, pending suspension, is looks the best I've seen him. Uh, he had a play the other day against the Redskins, where where he read the play perfectly, planted, sprinted to the ball like a like a defensive back almost would, picks it off and takes it to the house. And it was just it's like uh oh, like Perfect is here. And then later mm-hmm. that night, obviously the suspension gets announced. So he looks to be in the best shape of his career. And, and they have Nick Vigil and Kevin Minner, who they signed in the offseason. Nick Vigil's a second-year player. I really like Vigil. That they drafted I don't think people it. realize how athletic yeah. that guy is. He is. He's really athletic. And, and they've been missing that because, Matt, they've invested in so many uh, linebackers just past their prime, whether it's like a Carlos Dansby type. Right, right. And, and Dansby's okay, but they needed some more athleticism. So I think their linebackers are faster, but they do need perfect out there. Uh, Geno Atkins, you're right. Geno Atkins is is the man up front on that defensive line. And uh, Carlos Dunlap is is pretty consistent. Not a star. Does take some plays off, but their best pass rusher. So now it's just a matter of getting some more pass rush, I think, up front. And they drafted a few guys in Carl Lawson and Jordan Willis that appear to have added that this preseason. We'll see what happens when, when real games start. And then they traded for Chris I was shocked Smith. they got those two dudes. I mean, I, I was shocked they lasted as long. And I thought that worked out really well for Cincinnati. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think as far as the draft goes, I, I thought they did a really good job at getting value where it was. I mean, Mixon to me, is a, and obviously we know why he fell, but he was a top 10 talent and mm-hmm. he fell to, to 48 and they traded down and still got him. And then you get Willis and Lawson, guys that were projected probably second, third round type players. And they've impressed every every step of the way here this this preseason. So that's the biggest thing is the pass rush athleticism at linebacker. I think those are the two changes that you'll see on this team that that they were kind of lacking at last year. The cornerbacks, I think they're deep at corner. I don't know who the true number one corner is. Adam Jones is Hmm. probably still the one. Dre Kirkpatrick got signed to a big uh, extension this off season, five years, 52 and a half million. He's good. I I would think they're hoping William Jackson will be correct. And and I I think that's ideal situation. Yeah, it, it, and I think this year, I, I think Adam Jones will be the, the guy that, that plays a lot. But William Jackson's played really well this preseason, played with the ones uh, a significant amount. So they have – and you're right about his ceiling. I think he's clearly the, the one in waiting. For, for paying Drake sure. Kirkpatrick, Adam Jones, there, there's an out after this year in his contract. So maybe they, they see William Jackson this year and say, you know what? Williams the guy, or they demote Adam Jones and make him more of a, a role player. But uh, William Jackson the third, he seems to be the real deal. He's long, athletic, runs a four three. Uh, certainly 
looks and so far has fit the mold of what a number one corner could end up being. Does, does the safety situation worry you, especially currently with some injuries? Uh, not really, because because I think um, George Iloka is going to be okay, and like he's kind bit, of the, yeah. the the quarterback back there. And uh, then Josh Shaw did go down with a, a gruesome elbow injury. They they said maybe he'll be back week one. I don't buy it. <laughs> I think yeah. it'll be a couple weeks after. So so then it's it's going to be a committee. I was talking to defensive coordinator Paul Gunther. And it's going to be a committee of Clayton Fagellum, who's a, a seventh-round pick, uh, Darren Smith, who was a sixth-rounder a couple years ago, and then Josh Shaw, who played primary, primarily corner last year, but they've moved him to safety uh, during training camp. And they like all three. I don't think any one is going to play much more than the others. They like, uh, they like rotating them in and out. So they have the depth there. But you're right. Any, I mean, any time a starter gets injured, especially in the preseason, it hurts you a little bit. But as long as, as they can hold serve, and I think they can for a couple weeks, it shouldn't be too worrisome or, or, or harm them too much uh, as far as the, you know, the first couple weeks of the season go. Yeah, I want to get back to the defensive ends for a minute. I mean, yeah. the Bengals have clearly had a mold, you know, on guys they've invested in, Johnson, Dunlap. Yeah. Hunt, you know, I mean, he was a high pick, but they're all huge. You know, they're all yep. very tall, long, big, you know, big defensive ends that frankly don't bend the edge. You know, they don't, remi- they don't remind you of Von Miller coming off the edge, you know, in terms of getting low and mm-hmm. um, and that sort of thing. And, and Carl Lawson, to me, is more of the latter and in a good way. But I remember when they got James Harrison – they started using him on the second level. I, is there any chance that that's what they do with Lawson, or are they going to just let him come? Uh, I think they're going to let him pass rush. I hope to God yeah. they do, because yeah, right. that's what he does really well. And it, it's so damn – like, I, I look back at what they did with James Harrison, and obviously he's still productive now. And I'm like, what were you guys thinking? Just put him on the edge and let him run again, you know, rush the pass. Sure, right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they will play Lawson at linebacker a little bit. But uh, in, in, in the second secondary or a, a little bit behind the line. But for the most part, I think he's going to play up on the line. He's going to rush the passer. And, and that's what they should do. That's what they drafted him to do, at, at least in my eyes. Y- you have linebackers. Put him on the edge. Let him rush the passer. And uh, a lot of people have talked about, uh, just players I've talked to, his athleticism in being able to, you mentioned bending, being able to bend around the edge and keep his feet and, and get to the quarterback. And we saw it last week against Washington. So, Definitely a, a guy that fans have, have started to pay attention to and seen some highlights of. Carl Lawson is, is a guy that, thank thank God, I think if you're a Bengals fan, they went against their mold of yeah, the right, big, right. tall, 6'6 guy. Because they have a couple guys on the team now that are like that that haven't really produced. I mean, Michael Johnson, since they re-signed him, he hasn't done much. And uh, Will Clark is on the roster bubble. I don't know if he makes the 53. So two guys that they they invested either big money or high picks on that haven't produced in recent years. Yeah, last thing I would ask you about on defense is pretty much since Zimmer's left, they've gotten less and less blitz-happy. Do you think that's – why? And do you see that changing anytime soon? I think, yeah, I I mean – I don't know exactly why. Maybe to play it safer. I, it's just maybe a different philosophy with Paul Gunther than, than Zimmer. Now I, I think they need to blitz more, get more pressure, and we'll, we'll see if they do that. I think they have the depth to do that, to rotate guys in and out and, and blitz and, 
and try to put as much pressure on the quarterback as they can because last year they didn't get a lot of pressure. And that was the number one thing. Honestly, talk, say what you want about the offensive line. Fans here, was they were really hoping for a pass rusher with that ninth pick. Hmm. So that, that's something. I think hitting the quarterback, just getting pressure in the backfield, that's something Bengals fans have been hoping for. And I think they nailed it in the draft. I, I think they uh, added up. They traded for Chris Smith, a uh, defensive end from Jacksonville, who's honestly probably been just as good, if not better, than the two rookies. And so I expect him to make the team and contribute as, as a pass rusher as well. So the, the pass rush is better, but I also think they'll mix in more blitzes because they, they just have to get to the quarterback, and they couldn't have much, if at all, uh, really last year with any consistency. No, you're 100% right. I think that was an overlooked aspect of them. And if William Jackson and the corners are a little better this year too, that would give them more versatility to bring more pressure as well. I do think some of those linebackers could be downhill guys in the blitz game. Minter blitzed a lot with Arizona. Burford mm-hmm. certainly is good at it. Um, any other news and notes before we go? But I think we covered it pretty well. Yeah, I, I mean, ultimately, it this season I was really optimistic, uh, especially even with the offensive line issues. I thought that's something they could overcome, could disguise and maybe get to 10 wins, right, and, and, mm-hmm. and get back to the playoffs. If Burfick's out for five games, and I said it today on Lockdown Bengals, good luck. I mean, I, and their schedule isn't yeah. that hard the first five weeks, but it's just I, I think it's going to be tough to not only survive without Burfick on that defense because he's there. I, I love Geno Atkins, but Burfick makes them uh, so much different when he's out there. Uh, so if he's out for five games, it, it's going to look kind of bleak, I think, as far as getting back to the playoffs go. Uh, eight and eight seems more likely than a, a ten and six, or eleven and five, or or whatever playoff record uh, fans envisioned. All right, last thing when you go along those lines is, I think the gap from Cincinnati to Pittsburgh now is pretty large. To be very honest with you, I mean, I think Pittsburgh is more, and maybe that ain't more than anyone other than the Patriots is the easiest division winner to pick in the league. But let's say that Cincinnati does go seven and nine, eight and eight. What happens to Marvin? Yeah, I mean, that that's the question that, that'll linger if they start to struggle, especially early on. Um, well, there were rumblings uh, last year of Marvin potentially walking away. And I, I wonder how real those were. And I don't think they were completely just came out of thin air. I think they came from somewhere. I think they were at least semi-legitimate. Now, does he decide to walk away? If so... Uh, you, you know, obviously, it's the perfect time. He's in the last year of his contract. I don't see a scenario, though, where if Marvin says, yeah, we got to 8-8, eight and eight. I think we're close. Let's address these weaknesses. He tells Mike Brown the weaknesses. I think we can get there this year. I don't see Mike Brown just saying, no, Marvin, you're done. I just don't. Right, right. Now, maybe that, that'll happen. Maybe it's just because I've seen him uh, be the head coach or, or here as the head coach since 2003. But I don't see a scenario where Mike Brown tells a, a Marvin Lewis who didn't go three and thirteen, didn't fall flat on his face this season, that it's time to go. You're fired. We're, we're going to move on and go elsewhere. So I think Marvin's the coach. If they go eight and eight or seven and nine, like you said, if they go three and thirteen, might be a different story. I don't see that happening. Uh, but you never know. You never know with Mike Brown. You never know with Marvin Lewis. Yeah, I 100% agree, and I also think that Lewis, if he were to get let go, would probably not be unemployed very long if he didn't want to be. Uh, James, this is great. Uh, all of you out there, I, I, ex- I expect you to go check out the Locked On Bengals podcast as well as all the rest of the Locked On NFL podcasts. 
Um, thanks so much for coming on. We're gonna have to do it again. Have me on your show sometime if you want. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Absolutely, I'll uh, I'll definitely have to hit you up to get on get you on locked on Bengals, and I uh, appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. Take care. <clears throat>